Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Corner 3, episode 36. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Derrickson, and joined, as always, by the hoop and the harm, Tim Daniel. Hey, pal. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, I do want to take a second here to say our well wishes to um, all the guys at ESPN today. Unfortunately, got there, uh, got laid off. You guys have done an amazing job. It's a shame you had to get laid off there. You guys did amazing work. And it's a shame that Stephen A. Smith was kept over you. <laughs> Always. Uh, yeah, that to me was such a like weird signal that just broadcast journalism's dying. It yeah. Is. Like, it's just like, all right, cool, it's going to be talking heads now. That's where we're at. Well, that so, clickbait. Clickbait is so bad yeah, right now. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it just, is. I just think everybody who's listening needs to hunker down because every station you go to is just going to be people shouting at each other. Yeah, it is. <laughs> for, the, for at least the next, like, ten years, unless we put a stop to it now. Did you right. see Stephen A. Smith's salary there is $4 million? That's absurd. Yeah. That, that That's upsetting. Yeah. That, that is an upsetting thing, and we don't like to be upset here. And as always, joining us for the Corner 3 is the My Team King, whose title was recently maybe compromised, but we'll get to that in a second here. Sean, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? You want to tell us about good. this, Sean? You want to tell about it? Yeah. You want to talk so, about so, it? So, so Sean, Sean and Tim have a, a heated My Team rivalry, <laughs> and uh, I have known Sean for a long time, and I know what a fucking dick he can be in these games. <laughs> so I heard you, you, you ran an old school hustle. And I, I didn't. You know what? Tim, come on, you're not even telling it right, okay? I sent you a text, <laughs> I sent you a text, play who you got, I don't care, play whatever players you have, and then you just invited me into the game, and he had a bunch of players that should not have been playing against my team. <laughs> yeah, well, here, no, 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 let, let's... no, no, Sean, no. Here's the dealio, so Alex, to get you the backstory, as you know, Sean and I, Sean and I frequently text about my team, like, that's our thing, so... right. Um, when we get cards that we're really excited about, or Bunch we get, dorks. we tell each other, you know, we text each other like, hey man, I got this Magic Johnson card. Dude, I just got this Penny Hardaway card. <laughs> Sean and I start playing this game. The last thing he tells me is he gets a Diamond George McGinnis that he doesn't like all that much. It's a bad card. And he's like, I got, okay. the, he's like, I got this West Sun Cell. It's pretty cool too. <clears throat> Fuck re- re- real fast, real fast. Diamond sounds really nice. Yes, it's very nice. Very nice. It's it's not quite as nice as pink diamond, but it's pretty close. Oh, though. yeah. But so, yeah. why were you not interested in the in the diamond George Pablo McGinnis? <laughs> yeah, well, I you know he's he's okay. He's not that great. He's not a flashy player. But it's okay. it's, it's ABA MVP George McGinnis from okay. the Indiana, Indiana Pacers. Oh, wow. But that, that's not even that. He's my bench power forward. I don't yeah. even know why we're bringing him into this. Okay, here's that, that's why. fine. I just was you. You caught me off guard by saying something. Diamond sounded bad. So here's sorry, why. Tim. Go ahead. So for those who play 2K, you know that when you upload, when you load the roster in an online game, you can click to start, click the options button to look at your roster and make your starting lineup. So Sean does this to where I can see it because we're online, so we can see each other's teams. And I knew about his James Harden card that he had running the point, which is better than my Penny Hardaway card. Pretty close. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's pretty close. Oh, right. And. On his bench, he's got a 95 diamond Paul Pierce. He's got, who was, he said was just okay. 
<laughs> he was not just okay. And he's top six, maybe. <laughs> he puts he puts this Wes Unsell card in that I I kind of knew was decent to guard LeBron James and shut LeBron down. So I cannot wait till I now go hunt for Michael Jordan and, and we do this again. And then, and, and, then, and on top of that, you forgot to mention I had a pink diamond Elgin Baylor card, which is a ninety nine overall. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Uh, all of that fun, sounds so familiar. Fun, fun fact for you, Alex. I don't know if you know this. I'm going to go I ahead and throw this at don't, you. If it's about my team. There are two players in the history of the NBA who have won MVP in the rookie season. Who are they? Uh, Tim Duncan and Darko Milicic. <laughs> No, see, you're just trolling me now, Alex. <laughs> I, that's because I don't know, but I, I'd feel bad not giving an answer. You know, I still, I always, I, I always tried to at least fill in the blanks on my tests. You know, because if I, if I, if I leave it blank, it's wrong for sure. I Wes, can at least, you know, Wes Unseld won his rookie year, and so did Will Chamberlain. So the card that I had on my team was rookie of the year and MVP. Wes Unseld, who can shoot the ball, dunk everything. He's amazing. He oh, is... man, you really... <laughs> Moving is... onward. He is basketball's oh, Jiro Suzuki. God. God damn you, Sean. That's just so something you would do. <laughs> Describing those cards is okay. I know. Okay. Okay. All right. But this is the Corner 3 Podcast. It does post every Friday on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you could like that, you can go to thecorner3.net where you can go and check out all of our other previous episodes and including one that just posted uh, on Wednesday. So yeah. today, because we do this in a time capsule, uh, it is up. It is another Here Come the Young Guns draft. Tim, if you want to talk about that for a second. Absolutely. So this was the hardest draft that Ben and I had to do because it's not it's very front loaded with talent. And then the rest of the town is guys that were really good college players and not so great NBA players. You found some gems here and there. So Ben and I cover the 1992 NBA draft, which a lot of people remember as Shaquille O'Neal and Alonzo Mourning's draft, and of course Christian Leitner. So what we do is we touch on Shaquille O'Neal and Alonzo Mourning and talk a lot about Christian Leitner because he's just such a polarizing figure. Um, but sure. our, our top ten's fun because there's a lot of guys in that draft who I didn't really know in that draft, guys like... Um, Robert Ory's in that draft. Lachelle Sprewell's in that class, which those guys were college teammates for those who don't remember in Alabama. Um, P.J. Brown's in that draft. You know, a lot of guys who may not have been NBA superstars. Well, Sprewell's a superstar. But guys who had, you know, had really solid, decent, lengthy NBA careers. And also, for those who listen to this show regularly, we have a checker. You guys, I don't know if you guys have caught an episode or not. This is funny. Ben and I have this tracker where anytime we talk about the draft class, we see how many people from that draft class played with LeBron James. And that list is getting long. That yeah. is, that's really funny. I like that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. So, and make sure you can check that out. Like I said, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, I guess now is a thing mm-hmm. uh, that was brought to my attention. But we've got a lot to unpack this week, gentlemen. Lots. It's three teams. Went packing. Three teams have packed their bags, and their season is over. And Tim, you got to witness the public execution of one of them. I did. 
as you were live at the Bankers Life Fieldhouse for Pacers Cavs Game Four. Yeah, man. How was it, that? Got to was, see LeBron play some basketball. It um okay. So I I imagine that seeing LeBron James play basketball is probably like seeing James Brown in his prime in concert because he does everything. It is amazing, man. Like I'm not just saying because he's my favorite player. If I hated him, okay, I'll say this: if you love or hate LeBron James. You've got to see him play in person at least once because it's unreal. You like so we got there a little early. Uh, we went with for those who don't listen to our show, aren't friends with us regularly. We have a really good friend Chaz who went with us, went with me, and we got there a little early, so we got there for warm ups, and they actually let me walk down pretty close to the court. Um, by the time we got like LeBron was warming up when we walked in the arena, by the time we got to go down to the court, though, he was gone, and we saw Kevin Love warming up. But it was awesome, man. And uh, Miles Turner walked right by us. Lance Stevenson walked right by us. Jeff Teague was getting his shots in. Um, so that was a really neat thing. But the game was great. Um, it, you know, the Pacers, for, say what you want, they battled in that series, man. They, they gave it their all. They just were outmanned. And at the end of the game, um, as you put it last week, Alex, with Russell Westbrook, um, they had some decent pieces but Cleveland has a king, and that king trumps everything else, and that's exactly what happened. So, but the big thing now is my worry now for the Pacers after that game because they fought, like I said, and they have a lot of good pieces. Uh, I think Miles Turner has potential to be a top five center in this league. I think he is going to be that talented as he continues to evolve. Um, I think Lance Stevenson's a really good piece for them. He played really well in that game. He was awesome in that series, honestly. And but as we know, the big question for them is: Will Paul George make All NBA? If he doesn't, that gives him, you know, that's, that's a bonus that they're not going to have to pay, and it's going to make him a little easier to move for the Pacers' sake. But here's the thing: that obviously, like I said, that's a big question. The other big question is Jeff Teague for this team because they literally were paying him not that much when they got him in that deal, the uh, the three way trade between Utah and Atlanta, and now. He's probably going to get a $20, $22 million contract because of what the market's going to be for point guards. So the big question now is if you keep Paul George, you can't really build around him. It's very similar to Jimmy Butler. So can you trade Paul George to the Lakers, like everyone says, and like where apparently the reports are saying he wants to go? Get that draft pick, you know, if that falls out of the top three, which was, of course, the Sixers pick. Um, And what can you do with it? Because if you keep Paul George, you can't build a team. And you know you're going to have to keep Jeff Teague because the point guard market after Teague is going to be bad. So they have a lot, a lot, a lot of questions going into this offseason. And also, was... can Larry Bird and Nate, Mil- Nate McMillan make their plan work? We all remember Larry Bird loves a fast-paced offense. Nate McMillan's teams do not play fast-paced at all. Yeah, I mean, for, for, the Pacer, for my notes for the Pacers exiting, I have oof. And Teague with an arrow pointing upwards. Yeah. So I mean, they they're they're in a tough spot, and a lot of that does revolve around Paul George. But Sean, it sounded like you had something you wanted to say. Him going to to LA is, I think it's I think it's bad for both parties. It really is. I think even though Paul George is a superstar, by all means, um, I, I think his his better days were were probably you know, two years ago, not now, um, you know, he's, he's fully recovered and everything, but I just, I, I don't see him going to LA and making them any better. And what are they going to have to give up for him? Brandon Ingram, 
You know, I mean, like guys that are going to be like decent contributors for for LA, and I like what LA is building right now. And this draft is going to be huge for them. I mean, I I don't know if you you know do you trade? Say you get the number one pick, do you trade him for Paul George? Do you do that trade, no. Alex? I mean, if you're the, if if you're the Pacers, do you go after someone like Randall as opposed to someone like Ingram? Yeah, you you can. I mean, who I, someone who can maybe fill like. Uh, a more needed hole, I would but take, especially if they pick up that draft pick. I'll take a Miles Turner, Brandon. I mean, uh, I'll take a Miles Turner, Julius Randle front court. That'd be awesome. Sure. Yeah, and it, speaking speaking of Miles Turner, because I think this fits into the whole Pacers' future plans and everything. I know we 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 hyped him up a lot. He t- talked real high of him at the beginning of the season. But Sean pointed out a couple weeks ago how it was interesting how his name just stopped getting brought up and he kind of just meddled out and then picked it back up in the playoffs. Do you do you think that's that? Do you see that as a concern? Because I know Tim, you were on the Miles Turner train. Um, Sean might be a better person to answer that question honestly, but I think that. I think he definitely picked out the playoffs. He was outstanding in that series. He had a bad game three, minus a couple highlight plays. But game four, he was great. I mean, Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love combined for 11 points in that game between the two of them. And that was a credit to how well he was playing in the paint. Yeah, Miles Turner has been – he's been great. Um, I don't know if he's as good as, as peak Roy Hibbard was a few years ago. I mean, right. he's going to be – I think I think he's going to be better than him eventually. Um, but that, maybe that, like longevity wise, longevity wise. Yeah. And I mean, Miles Turner can shoot the ball. I mean, that's something Roy Hibbard couldn't do. Um, and it's nice that, you know, I think, I feel like, you know, two years from now, every single center in the league is going to need to be able to shoot the ball from any distance. I mean, because it's becoming just m- more and more required by, by, you know, to spread the floor. I mean, when you have guys like Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns making long range threes every game, you know, efficiently, it becomes a problem for someone, you know, like a Roy Hibbard, you know, or a, or a Andre Drummond or, you know, somebody like that. But I, you know, I really, I really wish the, that Paul George, I mean, I I don't know how serious he is about going to LA. I mean, I mean, everything's rumored, but if, if I were the Pacers, I would hold on to him until they just knew that he was going to leave. Maybe get somebody, get Jeff Teague out of there, maybe trade a draft pick, maybe get someone like Eric Bledsoe, someone who can handle the ball, also score. They need another scorer in Indiana. Um, and just kind of, you know, and like you've already got Miles Turner there, maybe upgrade uh, your, your power forward situation a little bit uh, and just kind of go from there. But, I mean, you get rid of Paul George, unless you're getting a, a superstar back in return, you know, you're right back into rebuilding mode. Well, if you remember, too, when we talked about the Pacers earlier in the year, even before we had uh, Tom from Indy Cornrows on, Alex made the point of, this team is really going to hurt without Mahimi. And they really hurt without Mahimi, because when Miles Turner went out of the game, I mean, no one filled that spot. Right, and I mean, that goes back to what we've talked about so much, you know, in previous episodes with roster continuity, and, and I know I've mentioned it with the episode with Ben, that... It's not so much upgrading a player like a la the Delavadova, Deron Williams, how that initially was panning out or whatever, but it's replacing the player's role. Yeah. And that's something you've got to make sure you do because if you do move Paul George, like Sean said, you've got to get something comparable or a package that's comparable in there to fill those gaps. But even I was thinking if they got rid of George, started building around somebody new plus Jeff Teague, then... In a flip, in like a bizarre situation where you keep George, 
and move Teague, like it's, I don't know who you get to fill that gap then. So they're, they're kind of tied up. I feel like they're a bit handcuffed. They are. They are. And, um, that makes it hard because like I said, this Paul George situation is very similar to the Jimmy Butler situation. And, um, I I like Paul George probably a little more than Sean does right now. Um, truthfully, if you look at games one and two, he was outstanding. Uh, games three and four, he was not. Uh, I mean, he had a chance to win that series. Like, he had a chance to take that game to overtime. Jared Smith literally gave him the ball to win the game, and he gave LeBron a double-double on the, on the, on the last rebound. Um, I think that, you know, I think the Pacers have nice pieces, but I don't think they're really close to being a superstar team. I just I don't see it with or without PG. Um I do like some. I mean, some of the continuity, like you mentioned, obviously bringing Lance Stevenson back was huge for them. He was, yeah, really, it's been great for Lance too. Yeah, it was. He was really good in the playoffs. He had twenty two in Game Four. He is a really good ball handler, which I never realized. I always knew him for being like, oh a, yeah, I really knew him for being a really good defender. He had a good shot, but he's a really good ball handler. Yeah. So just down the line here, if you had to pick, if you're Indiana and you had to pick, Tim, do you move Teague or do you move George? Um, I think you can move George and live with having Teague because yeah, that twenty million could be a lot. But if you truly look at what I mean, this isn't fair contract wise. Jeff Teague and Mike Conley before Mike Conley got this deal and had an awesome year were very similar stat wise. And the difference is Jeff Teague's been to an All Star game, and Mike Conley has not, and that's not Conley's fault. So no. sure, I can definitely see a case where they move George, stock up on picks, give Teague a little, uh, give Teague a four a four-year deal, maybe even a max potentially for what the point guard market's going to be. And then, you know, with all that money, you're losing a Paul George because he has that 18-19 option as well. Uh, you know, that's a shot to go out there and rebuild because Larry Bird's really going to have to because I don't know if Nick McMillan's going to be the guy for them. He's I not. agree 100% there. And Sean, do you move Teague or do you move George? Uh, actually, whoever, if you have to move George, you also move Teague. You make him take take Teague's contract and get him out of there and just start over because he he's not going to help that team at all. Well, the without thing... without Paul George, yeah. yeah. It, you know, but Sean, you you know as much as anyone does that Indiana and the Pacers franchise loves players from Indianapolis. They will hold on to those guys for I, I centuries. Know. I, I know, I know, but you know. It, like I said, I would I would make whichever team you know if they have to trade George and it's gonna you know and it sounds like it's gonna end up coming down to that you make the team also take on Teague's contract and you just completely rebuild you fleece somebody you try to fleece somebody you know maybe get rid maybe trade Nick McMillan in the deal but but here's the deal here's the deal yeah <laughs> for a box of socks dance um, <laughs> socks that is. <laughs> uh, the thing is, I mean, Paul you George traded can... my job for Pogs. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know what. Uh, I, I mean, the Pacers are probably going to have to take the lesser deal in the end because whoever is trading for Paul George is a going to have to get a commitment from him immediately to mm-hmm. resign, and you know, uh, oh man, I, I lost my B. hate when that happens yeah so so i mean they're gonna they're gonna have to they're gonna have to you know probably make some concessions because they know he can leave any team knows that they could you know they could probably get him in the off season you know if he's not traded so i mean indianapolis 
Indiana. I always call them Indianapolis, but they are Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're the ones that are going to have to probably take a lesser deal for a superstar, which sucks for them because it's like they're going to have to get something back in return or else he's just going to walk and someone – so, I mean – I don't. I don't know what you do there. I, and if I was the Lakers, if I was, if I were the Lakers, if I was Magic Johnson, I, I don't even know if I would go after him. Honestly, he's already said he is, though. He's already said he is. Of course he is. Of course he is. He's Magic Johnson. And Alex, before I, you take over here, I just got to say one more thing. For yeah, you. yeah, go ahead. Pacers fans deserve better. I will say <laughs> that from Game Four because they were amazing, man. Like at one point, they're down thirteen in the fourth quarter, and they are still in the game. When they come, when they came back and took the lead, when Miles Turner hit the like little floater, no, I'm sorry, um, who was it? It was it was Thaddeus Young hit the floater to get them back in the lead. He they were that place was so loud, and the place when LeBron hit the three, you could feel their pain. Um, so oh, they deserve yeah. Better. No, trust me. Having sat in a game four wearing Bulls jerseys on the heels of a Pacers comeback and win, I was definitely an asshole. <laughs> Pacers fan, yeah. I mean, Pacers fans are—they're loyal, if nothing else. Well, you know, you know, we didn't—we didn't walk in there with brooms or anything. I mean, it wasn't no. like we—we we didn't talk shit that whole game at all, no. you know. But but I mean, they sure did after that, you know, because I mean, people were the Bulls fans walked in. I mean, it was fifty-fifty, yeah. you know, in that arena that night, and like, I mean, they—they they let the Bulls fans have it because they were being cocky. I mean, when you bring the brooms to a first-round series. Why? Why? Right. I agree. Why? Talk shit, get shot, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and coming up, not like the fuck I was going to say, the gangster of Westland, Oregon, Chael Sonnen. Let's go out to Portland, to the mean <laughs> streets of the Blazing Trails, who were recently eliminated by the gods of basketball. Yes. And uh, also compared juxtaposed by Damian Lillard to how the Pistons were beating down Michael Jordan. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's an interesting quote. I don't I don't necessarily disagree. I don't either. Uh I I I think it might be holding the the Blazers a bit too lofty. I mean, I know they they had the chance at him in the draft, but you know, come on. <laughs> but uh Yep. So, a couple notes I have for the Blazers here. I, I liked the fact that we they started out pretty bad. Yes. Uh, I, I, I remember us kind of commenting on that being one of our first like out of the gate disappointments. <clears throat> but but they pulled it together. They got the eight seed. Uh, Damian Lillard, great as always. Uh, I know I had him in my MVP running at the beginning of the season. Uh, <laughs> definitely not going to pan out in this case. CJ McCollum, I, I know we talked we hit on this a few times. Uh, Lillard and McCollum, we said was a lot probably the best stuff. Yeah. Uh, best guard tandem to go against Curry and 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 Thompson, but the other thing I wanted to point out was Joseph Nurkic, mainly because I just like saying his name. God, he's so good though. He's so right. good. Absolutely, and, and he's going think... to get better there. Yeah, and I, I wanted to remind you guys that that's what we got for McDermott, or was who we gave up for McDermott. But uh, ouch. So right, but with with Nurkic though, I, I think he was one of the reasons why they were able to you know, rebound their season and get into the playoffs and everything too. I think that really formed a really good three person team. So I, I had those three guys. Uh, I liked their future 
and they do need to be active. I know, Tim, you hit on it before we started uh, about the three draft picks. Yeah. So if you want to go into that and how are you feeling about the Blazers? I love the future of the Trailblazers. Um, I like, you know, honestly, in the West, the two teams I like the most for next year to be surprise teams are probably Portland. And I, I, know, I know Sean might disagree with me. I think New Orleans is going to make some noise next year. The full camp, a full season of AD and Boogie together. And, of course, Drew Holiday. And a high draft pick. So, I think that that's going to be big for them. But go back to the Blazers, like you mentioned, three draft picks. So, they're going to have an interesting decision here, man. Can they pair with two of those to trade up in the lottery? Can they swing for the fences all three picks? But I, I like what they have to offer. I think that uh, the only team that I might say might be better than those two as far as a one-two combo of McCollum and Lillard, and people might call me biased because I listen to this show every week, is probably Wall and Beal because I think they're amazing too. So I really like what you know, with Wall and I mean, with Lillard and McCollum do. I think they have a really good three. I think that Nurkic is good, like you said. they got to get a couple more bench players, but I think if they can solidify with a top-tier power forward, you know, a guy in this draft like a Caleb Swanigan, maybe there that, in that first round, if they keep those picks, you'll get Bam Adebayo. Throw him in there to go with Nurkic. I think that they could be really good, man. I don't think they're far away. No, and I mean, they were close before, too, when they had Hickson and Aldridge and, and Lillard and everything. And so, I mean, props to them for kind of reloading and getting that built back up. I mean, yeah, they're a couple years away from being that caliber again. But, no, I, Sean, how are you feeling about Portland? Uh, I, I Nurkic is awesome. I think he, he is a perfect piece for that team. Now, he does have to overcome the um the curse of the the portland big man ah uh, yes you know he does he still needs to prove himself that he he's gotten himself over the hump for that but as soon as he proves himself he'll probably get hit by it so look out buddy um <laughs> he's, he's got it's like you've got two years <laughs> that's sean's threat of the uh, week last week was the uh, spurs will win the title <laughs> uh, I, I will say this CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard are the highest scoring backcourt in the NBA um, and there are things that I like about them and there are things that I don't like and one of the big things that I don't like about those guys is is their defense um, I and they're both undersized let's face it I mean they're both great players do not get me wrong they are awesome I don't know if it would be best to keep them together for more than another year, though, honestly. Because, I mean, the only small tandem that ever worked like that was Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars, and they both played D. So, um... Wall and Beal? Well, yeah, yeah. Wall and Beal. Who said that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but they're they're a little bit bigger, too. So I'm not gonna... They're just, they're built bigger. Um... McCollum is great, and his trade value is at an all-time high. I know Neil O'Shea has said that he's not going to trade either of them, but I, if if they don't get further up in the playoff bracket next year and they have another first-round exit, I really, really think they might need to look at moving C.J. McCollum. They're not going to move Damian Lillard. I mean, he's the he's the star piece of that that team. Well, but, and I think if they if they roll out kind of this lineup again, and it's a lot of the washers repeat where they do with the eight seed get eliminated by the Warriors or even the seven seed and get out in the first round again or whatever, exactly, it, it, it calls into question Terry Stotts' position as well, and then exactly, which then goes back into throwing their whole roster and their stasis kind of in the league in flux. 
Oh, also, Tim. Also, Tim. John Wall and Bradley Beal have not won an NBA title, so so let's 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 not go throwing stones. All right, <laughs> Sean. <But> I... <laughs> You're right today. Do you um... I am. I'm eat, feeling you, just fine. Did you eat something today? Because you seem awfully salty. <laughs> did you, um, all these flavors, you're choosing to be salty today. What's going on? I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm just, I want to play the heel today. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate it. No, I mean, I think, I, I think, I think they should. four million from ESPN. <laughs> I think they should go. They should go after somebody like you know. If a, if a shooting guard, you know, a taller, you know, more defensive shooting guard, you know, becomes available, say Contavious Codwell Pope gets a little bit better, and like just like I mean, a young guy like that who's like in their early twenties, someone like that, and then maybe get like a draft pick. I mean, they could get a lot from McCollum right now. Somebody else could. He could be a the star player on another team. You know. You know who I'd like to see in Portland as a bench piece. Go ahead. Avery Bradley. Oh, oh my god, yes. yeah. Oh, yes. See, him coming off the bench for that team would actually that that might actually solve that problem right there. The other so. question that they have too is um and you know, three other teams have dealt with this, is the question of Evan Turner. So, what do they do with him moving forward? Do they keep him as a piece? Cuz he I mean, yes. he wasn't terrible for them at yes. all. You Yes, I don't I don't understand why Boston got rid of him, honestly. I don't either. So, he's one of those guys he he steps up, you know, and he's He's one of those guys who could, you know, I think if he he was a little bit better, he could he could be close to averaging a very low triple double. Like he's that kind of guy. He can he can he can get you like nine, seven, and eight, you know, any day of the week, which is productive. You know, he's not a superstar, but I mean, he's he's got good size. He can handle the ball. I mean, I I like Evan Tenner. Me too. And finally, the last team that oh, no. was removed. The constant. I, le- I always leave them for last, and I, I don't really think I mean to. It's not. It's not intentional. It's because but... they always go on TV at ten thirty at night instead of eight. <laughs> well, the Blazers do too. Well, they're always the last to play. <laughs> I mean that that's just our problem for living on you know East Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, well, you know. Further proof that time is a fallacy. But either way, let's not get. We won't go down that rabbit hole. But the Thunder and consummate MVP quarter three MVP Russell Westbrook. Who and what and what what do we do with them? Russell has said that he <laughs> wants to stay, that this is where he wants to be. Clearly he showed that this season. Yep. Uh as the as the now what I'm going to be quoting so often, the Jeopardy Sports Twitter said this NBA player carried his team so much it's no or something along the lines of like ran so hot was so hot during the regular season it's no it's no surprise he got burnt out during the playoffs uh but i think the the staggering statistic coming out of this series is that when russell sat for the six minutes in game five they were outscored 27 or 26 to 9 yeah like um, that is that is a huge problem the other is when russell westbrook was on the court this year the Thunder played like a 45-win team. When he was not, they were a 15-win team. Yeah, uh, also there was a statistic. I'll pull this one from the NBA subreddits, and Sean likes that one so much. Uh, Russell Westbrook's usage percentage yeah. was higher than Michael Jordan's against the Monstars. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, his usage this year was higher than any LeBron season, like pre-Miami. Mm-hmm. Um. 
So, I think the easy thing here, guys, is one, don't go get Blake Griffin like the rumors say. Just don't do it. Mm. Don't touch him. Gonna, don't even look at it. him. Don't <laughs> even look at him. Don't look at him in the eyes, especially. Right. Um, but I think the easy thing is, I think that they should really see what Dan, Tony, and crew did and make their own model of that. Build around Russ, get shooters. I know that, you know, they went and got Doug McDermott, who is nothing but a shooter, but sometimes he is off. I'm sorry, all the time he is off. Um, I think that J.J. Reddick should be a free agent. I think that's a great piece for Oklahoma City if they can convince him to go there. Uh, because I don't, I think that Clippers thing is done. I think we've talked about that a lot. And I think well, just disband the team. This is the best they're ever going to be, right? We'll, Agreed. We'll, we'll cross the bridge. We'll cross the bridge. We got playoff recaps to do still. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I think if they can go get a bunch of shooters, I think that'd be good. I think one, Billy Donovan made a total mistake in you know the whole like I can't play Canter anymore thing because. I get he had a bad day, and I get James Harden made him look like a fool, but James Harden made a lot of people look like a fool this year. I think when Ennis saw less minutes, that really hurt the Thunder. Um, I, I get it, you know, but they just – and Andre Roberson, you knew he was getting fouled every time he had the ball. I mean, he was he was bad. He was I'm so sorry, bad. I'm sorry, I'm late to the table with this one, but would you say that the Thunder weren't Ennis to win it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So my theory for the Thunder is go get a bunch of shooters. Obviously, they're gonna. They're, I don't think they're gonna re-sign Taj Gibson. I think he's gonna be a Spur next year, like we've discussed. <laughs> <laughs> the prophecy will be fulfilled. <laughs> and I, I think that that's gonna help them out with some funds there. But yeah, they can go. Like, I mean, really, it's easy. That's the easy answer. Get a bunch of shooters to go around Russ. Do what Houston did, and I think that they could really do something special. Sean. Alex. Extrapolate. All right. Expound. Here's here's my thoughts on the on the Thunder series. Or just the Thunder in general. They have a great I, I think they have some great role players. They have two really good big men. Uh Doug McDermott is terrible. Cut him loose. <laughs> Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Like, I mean I mean it's I mean you could you gave up Cameron Payne for him. You didn't lose anything. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's so bad that the Bulls are, are starting Isaiah Cannon, and <laughs> Cameron Payne is in a suit on the bench. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't uh, – all right, that's a whole other topic. But um, Russell Westbrook, he's the MVP. And I, I don't – I wouldn't say he got burned out during the playoffs – I mean, he he played well. I don't think he he was bad by any means. No, um, at all. I think you know, but <clears throat> he is their only guy. You know, and uh, one of my one of the the best things that I read last night. I, I love his, I love the Westbrook Patrick Beverly rivalry. Me too. <laughs> yes. It's, it's so. I mean, he was the one. Who, who pushed him out of bounds a few years ago and injured him, and then they, you know, in the playoffs, and he was out for the rest of the playoffs. So there's always going to be that, and, like, Westbrook won't let that go, ever. No. Like, that that was their year, man, you know? And, uh, you know, so there's already that, but at the end of the game, maybe it was, the, was, it, was it last night's game where he scored 40? Wait. Yeah, forty-two. Yeah, okay. Yeah, forty-two. Yeah, he was he was yapping off at Patrick Beverly, and said that he, you know, he's like he's like, well, he's like, you know, he goes, you guys can't guard me. I've got forty points, and Patrick Beverly said, 
yeah, on 34 shots. <laughs> which is which isn't true, but you know, I mean, that's that's the that I love that kind of beef. Me too. You know? Yeah. Because because I mean, it is it is insinuated through the league that he he does take a lot of shots to get his points, and he does. But let me tell you something: he's the only guy making those shots on that right. team. Right. So I, he has to take those shots. I completely agree. He needs to be shooting as much as possible because he's a good shooter, and he can drive the ball. He can pretty much do anything. He's the MVP, hopefully. Um. So you know, I don't. Uh, you know, I I don't really know what the Thunder do. I think they will take a good, long, hard look at Blake Griffin. Um, but I would, I would just be so weary at taking a guy who just always seems to get hurt around the playoffs, you know, and his best years are probably behind him. He can contribute to that team. You know, maybe a trade is what Blake Griffin needs. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if, if that helps him that much, but you have, if you keep your defensive big men, you know, you keep, you know, Stephen Adams or Cantor, you know, just, even if you just keep one of them. You know, and you throw Blake Griffin on there. I, I think they're a better team. You know, they are going to be a better team. You're going to get. You're going to let him score. He's going to have the defensive guy there to help him. He's not going to need to rebound as much. He could basically Carlos Boozer his way through that, which Lobs. which might not be which might not be a bad thing really for them. They need somebody like that. I mean, they had Serge Ibaka for years, and he he got the job done. Okay, and he's not even as productive as Blake Griffin. So I but. But who do you think they should get, Tim? Um, I already mentioned J.J. Redick. I think J.J. would be awesome there. Him and Russ together <clears throat> would be great. Um, as far as like J.J. Redick being a catch-and-shoot guy, it's, it's a much better Doug McDermott. A much better Doug McDermott. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Do you go get Dwayne Wade next year? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I don't know the likelihood of this <clears throat> or, or what would have to you know happen for this to, to go through, but... I know we're just moving from one frequently injured large man to another frequently injured large man, but I like the idea of Danilo Gallinari on the Thunder. Shooter, yeah. <clears throat> Be it as, as wait, a bench piece wait. or as like an off-ball guy, or you know, probably coming off the bench. I think as, as he gets older and because his you know injury. We we talked about that earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah. You would have been great for them this season. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, you add, I know we can just sit there and be like, oh, they just need to add a player. One, I'm sure that's easier said than done. And second, the Thunder, I really think, are a team that any addition you make to that roster is going to be positive. Agreed. Yes. Um, Which, <clears throat> really, I, I think the Thunder have the opportunity to be the most prosperous in, in the offseason. Because any any addition they make... Or any justifiable subtraction minus Russell Westbrook, I would say, benefits that team. I'm going to put this out there, guys. Like I like we keep saying, they need shooters. Uh, a former Thunder player is going to be a free agent this season uh, that just had a really good year for the Miami Heat. Uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Mr. Dion Waiters. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if Presti's going to go for that dude. I don't know. That'd be awesome. <clears throat> Time will tell. But we need to move on. We still have some, some playoff recaps to do. Just want to get some quick fixes, mm-hmm. some, some quick notes from you guys on how you're feeling about each series going on here. Jazz and Clippers. Jazz are now up 3-2. to two. Yeah. Tim, who's getting this series, and what do you see going forward? I, I 
do see the Clippers pulling off Game 6, but I think that this is going to be a seven-game victory for the Utah Jazz. Um, I just think that, you know, last night... Alright, the only thing you got to say is, one, Joe Ingles is playing out of his mind, and two... Why are the Clippers still selling, playing Joe Jackson isolation ball? Why are they still going against ISO Joe and not playing someone else over there? Because ISO Joe is literally kicking their ass. Yeah, and I mean, he's been great off the bench for them. Yeah, he has. And I, I know earlier this morning, uh, ESPN was asking, like, is Joe Johnson's rena- like career resurgence surprising or like playoff resurgence surprising? And I was sitting there thinking, like, no, he was fine. He was good when Gordon Hayward was hurt at the yeah, beginning of the season. Like, he filled that role, and, like, Utah didn't – I mean, yes, they weren't as good, but he was a very comparable fit in that in that absence. Sean, how do you feel about Jazz Clippers? Well, uh, you know, I, I I agree with Tim. I think, I think it's going to go seven games, and I think the Jazz are going to somehow get the win. Um, injuries have played a big part in this series. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. A, and, it's, and it's very disappointing. I, I think it would be huge for the Jazz to make it to the second round of the playoffs this year with this young team. I think it would be a huge confidence booster. Gordon Hayward, don't you go anywhere, dude. Listen, we talked about, <clears throat> you, you can't throw you, the league off like that. You can't do it. I completely agree. And and it is. I think it's so great that the Utah Jazz have this really nice organic homegrown team right now yeah that's that you know their their best pieces were drafted there and um i i just i really 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 don't want to see hayward go anywhere especially after rudy gobert's monster season he had this year um right so i i i'm I'm rooting for the jazz man me too i'm saying jazz and six Ooh, ooh, yeah and I'm saying that because minus the Gobert injury and having to kind of work around that, Quinn Snyder has fucking outcoached Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is an overrated coach. Don't I mean, me. yes, we we've seen in in the in the famed Bulls Celtics 09 first round series, we did see Vinny Del Cocho outcoach Doc Rivers a couple times, but I, I think up and down Quinn Snyder has done a much better job managing this series and Completely. managing his team than Doc Rivers has with this Clippers team. I'm I'm saying Jazz and six, and I'm saying the Clippers are done. They are, man. That is that is it. Super so done. Chris Paul can go somewhere else. Doc Rivers can go take up a front office gig with the Magic, where he belongs. San Antonio. <clears throat> ah, Chris Paul. Right. Sure. Uh, but no, I think this is the end of the Clippers as, as we know it, as much as the NBA, I think would like to have two, like very good teams coming out of one city. Uh, I, I, no, it's not happening. Clippers have had their time and they'll come back. Uh, so moving on from that, San Antonio and Memphis, we've got the Spurs up three to two. I'm saying Spurs and six again. Yeah, I am too. But for the love of God, can they get Manu Ginobili to hit baskets? Like, at one point in this series, he went four games without literally making a shot. Come on, man. He's 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 just getting put out there. He's like a showpiece now. <laughs> but, it's just like, do you guys want to go see Manu Ginobili? And there's like three guys that are like, yeah. Um, <laughs> Duh. What worries me about the Spurs moving forward is as good as they are and having the best coach in the league, obviously, is when you look at their bench, I mean, Dwayne Dedman hasn't been too good. You know, Jonathan Simmons has kind of come back down to earth. He's been a fun story. Um, and then it's been – it's been their starters and Patty Mills has been their team. I hate to say it because I love Pau Gasol, but 
Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I think that this is going to be a six game, a six victory for the Spurs. But all this confidence that we had forever with them beating Golden State, I don't think it's there. We'll see. I mean, time will tell. No one, I think, is any more play, has more playoff test experience than the Spurs. Yeah. True. And they're they're just that team that somehow always does this. Well, they need Kawhi to evolve. I can't into put LeBron. it any clearer. What's that? They need Kawhi to evolve into LeBron with a mixture <clears> of Kobe, <throat> which he's kind of almost there to probably win this. To probably beat the Warriors, but you know, like you said, time yeah. will tell. It's going to be a, a. It's very much going to have to be a Kawhi-based, you know, series if it's going to be a Spurs championship run. But yeah, I mean, I don't hate what we're seeing from them. Uh, I'm not surprised Memphis took two games. I don't think Memphis is going to make a lot of adjustments in the offseason. Partially because they, they never so, do. They'll they'll reload a couple bench pieces here and there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think we're going to see a lot of the same from Memphis and just continuity wise and. I think them having that refound, renowned or uh, that that faith in David Fisdale and everything now too with the post game stuff in the playoffs, I think that's going to help going forward. Could Vince Carter get a max deal? Like, is that possible at his age? Just no. a max one day deal so they can <laughs> retire him. Yeah. <clears throat> so Tim, I'm going to let you take this one since you love John Wall and Bradley Beal. How are you feeling about the Wizards and the Hawks tied at two two? Well. Actually, now, as we're recording this, it is now officially 3-2. The Wizards did win tonight. Ah. Um, Wall, right. Wall and Beal were incredible, as always. But I'll tell you who I am really loving for this Washington Wizards team this series. And that is Markeith Morris, man. He has been so good for them. He's the right one there, isn't he? Yeah. 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 <laughs> because yeah. Um, there's that clip where Marcus, Marcus is up in Detroit. That's right. Yeah, because Marcus Morris showed up at a Wizards game wearing an authentic Markeith Morris Wizards jersey. And I was like, I don't know which one you are. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but, I mean, if you guys remember, I picked the Wizards to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that right. they're, I think they're going to play Cleveland. I think they're a bad matchup for everybody in the East, even though I still think Cleveland's a better team. But... Um, I think that they're going to win this in six. Granted, Dennis Schroeder had a very good game to, uh, in this game today. He had the first 25-10 and 10 for a, a Hawks player in a playoff game since Pete Maravich in 75. 73. Um, tells you anything about the Hawks' history of Fran- and their playoffs. But, yeah, I think that they will win this in six. I'm saying Wizards in six as well. Sean? Wizards in six it is? Well, no, you don't have to agree with us. <laughs> but but it's... But it's a true statement, Alex. I can agree if it's a true <clears throat> statement, right? Okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure you understood this wasn't like a democracy. Well, you know, I, I, I think I agree. I think they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, even though I get a little salty about the Wizards every year. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little salty about that team because of their matchup issues with previous teams that I have loved in the past. <laughs> so, so that is where I will leave it, and. I, I hope John Wall gives LeBron a good run for his money. Okay, so Chicago Boston, two two. Boston, I mean, Boston wins the next two games, Alex. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent Boston. Boston and six on this one. Yeah, which is what no, we predicted last week. <laughs> no, nothing more can be said. I feel <laughs> like regarding just whatever has happened with this bizarre explosion, then subsequent implosion. I don't know, man. The Celtics are 0-7 shooting threes right now, and the Bulls are hitting threes. They're up right now. This could go seven. Uh, uh, 
Uh, I don't know if I uh, wanted to go. I don't, I don't I, either. I, yeah. I, I, I don't want to see the Bulls go against the Wizards and just get their asses kicked. Dude. Because they will run them over. I can't believe I'm going to say this, and please don't ever hold this against me. I want the Bulls to win tonight because I think Rajon Ronda deserves one more game, but how well he was in the playoffs. I'd love that to see it. That'd love be great. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. I need to go like wash my mouth with soap now. Uh, you're fine. You're Light fine. Boy. So I was saving this one because I, I think this one is the hardest one to gauge, but Toronto-Milwaukee with Toronto up 3-2. to two. I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm gonna say Bucks and seven. I, I think Toronto has the better playoff experience. I think Toronto has maybe started to kind of pull this out a little better, but I'm still saying Bucks and seven. Unless Tim, you're gonna tell me they've also already played. They have not. No, they played tomorrow. Oh, thank God. <laughs> they, they, this series might be over by the time the show goes up on Friday. Fair warning, because they play tomorrow. Sure. Um, I think the Raptors will win this, man. I think that they will win in six, honestly. I love the Bucks, I, like you guys do. I love Giannis. I love when they're going to have Jabari Parker back. I love Chris Middleton, Malcolm Brogdon. What they're building there is great. But well, Toronto is a total brain pick. I was, this are. is my one heart pick. I mean, Toronto is definitely the brain pick. Well, you got that and freaking man, like when they haven't, when the, you know, DeRozan or Lowry haven't been good this season, I mean, this series, fucking Norman Powell has been awesome. He was so, so good the other night to the point when Kyle Lowry is getting asked questions in the press conference, and he goes, that's great, but Norman Powell's here. Ask him questions. He was the star of the game, and he was the star of that game. So I think that the depth is in the favor of Toronto, honestly, even though I really think Milwaukee with guys like Del Vadova really like having that like veteran leadership of uh, playoff experience. But I, I think that Toronto's going to win this one, and I think that they're going to lose to Cleveland in five. I, I, I like what you just predicted. I like the future loss to <laughs> Cleveland in five. <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. They'll somehow get that one game someplace. They'll have like, you know, I mean, <clears throat> who was the guy who was real big for him last year who went down to Orlando? Uh, His name? Bismack Biombo. Bismack Biombo. Yeah, there's going to be some player that's going to have a Bismack Biombo moment. Okay. Just like last season. I don't know who it is. Maybe it'll be, you know, Norman Powell. I don't I don't know. So I they'll probably win one. But I I I, I don't know, man. Alex, you saying that they're gonna go the Bucks are gonna win in seven. I you know, and I, I that that no, that is not that that is not what I said. I said the Bucks were gonna win in seven. Okay, that's what I said. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just, okay. I have absolutely no confidence in it, so all I can do is say that I didn't say that and then repeat that I said it. Because <laughs> I can't take it back. Hashtag alternative facts. Uh, um, yeah, I <laughs> I completely agree with you. No, but I, I have no idea who's going to win the series. It could go either way. I, see, I would not be surprised if the, if the Bucks won in seven. I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto just won the thing and then lost in five to the Cavs. So, which I think is the, the most likely scenario, just because of playoff experience, um, and they and you know they want to play the Cavs, man. You know they gave them a little bit of a run for their money last season. They did. Well, Tim, I know you had one more thing you want to hit on with Mr. Hamadou Diallo. I do, man. I um... cheating the system. Let's hear about this real quick before yeah. we wrap up. So yeah, um, as we know, we're getting to the deadline now of players to declare. Um, those who don't hire agents can withdraw in a couple weeks after doing some workouts. Uh, the most interesting case to me is kind of Kentucky guard Hamadou Diallo, 
strictly because this is a kid that's a five-star player, five-star recruit. He is talented as all get out. If you've watched him play, man, he is awesome. A lot of fun to watch. Um, but he has, for those who don't know about Hamidou Diallo, this is a kid that literally enrolled at Kentucky a semester early, graduated from high school early, and never got to play a game because he was able to, eligible to practice uh, and without exhausting his eligibility because of no game time. So this is a guy that literally has Alex. He has a win-win. He didn't hire an agent, so he can see what happens. Right now he's projected as a second-round pick in this year's draft, a potential lottery pick in next year's draft. But there are a lot of people that I talked to that are Kentucky guys that are saying that they think he's going to stay in that draft. So I think that this is a cool move. I think this is a trend you're going to start to see happening to these NCAA kids. Because the worst that comes is Hamadou Diallo gets a chance to work at the NBA level with some guys, and they're going to go... Kid, you have a lot to offer, but go back and work play a year at school under Calipari, and you'll be fine. Or, damn kid, these workouts are awesome. Get an agent. So, I like it. I think that's a good move for him. I hope the best for Diallo. If he develops his three-point game, I think he could be a really good NBA, NBA guard. But he's a very good slasher. He can get to the rim. He's so athletic, and he played in a very good. He played at a very good high school basketball team too. And I, I think we're gonna, like you said, we're gonna see that more and more. And we've we've seen it with like Brandon Jennings and stuff too, like players circumventing the the one year rule and finding new ways to kind of get around that. Yeah, um, Brandon Jennings. There's a guy this year. It's in Greece. He's entering the draft. He was a really good high school kid last year. Um, there was also a kid Michael K- Michael Kane. I think his name is not the Michael tang- Kane. No, I was gonna say not the Tangerine actor. Um, <laughs> And he uh, he got an offer to go for four million to play in China for a year and go to the NBA, and he said no because he wanted to go play in college. So, yeah, it's, you're right. It's it's a trend that's going to happen for sure. Um, if it were me, I would tell him to go back a year, play under Cal, and get his chance to really shine and develop his skills. Sean, you got any feelings on this? Uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't because the the <laughs> this has been the corner. <laughs> I don't the, the whole the whole college eligibility thing with the NBA uh, draft eligibility. It's it. I think it's kind of a mess right now. The whole you know wait a year. You know it it you know I and I hate the one and done you know rule. I can't stand it. I I wish players stayed in college for at least two seasons. So you know I I don't know how I feel about it. I, I'm indifferent. Well, we'll see. The draft is June. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember if it's the 22nd or the 26th. So, what's that? 26th? Sure we- I don't know. So, well, I mean, we'll see his name pop up too as, as the as the you know the workouts and stuff like that get closer. So, it would be definitely something to track. But this has been the Corner Three Podcast, episode 36. It does post every Friday on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and you can check us out at thecorner3.net where you can go to our podcast section and listen to all of our other older episodes if you want to, I don't know, live in the past. <laughs> if you're like that, I don't know. It's weird. Get in the present. Tim, Sean, always a pleasure. And as always, hail Hayward. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.